I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel, because she is not allowed in my house. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. Um, That's actually a really appropriate way to start the show because I wanted to bring up the fact that someone called into the rant hotline to complain about the fact that you're not as mean to me anymore. (laughs) Good. So, I mean, I feel like that fulfilled it, but just in case, I want to give you the opportunity to just, like, say something really Why don't you shut the fuck up, Barry? (laughs) There it is. How did it feel? Honestly, fantastic. Oh my God. Congrats. I hope, I hope that that is sufficient um, because I honestly can't take too much more of it in these times. (laughs) We're all delicate right now. That's totally acceptable. (laughs) All right. Well, if fucking Barry is done talking, I can get to the menu uh, of today's episode. We're going to kick things off as always with worst things first, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into the chaotic journey of me attempting to make a goddamn pie. Have we done a deep dive about baking before? Yes. But I have a whole list of complaints about pie dough specifically that I need to scream about. Also, my least favorite pie flavors. I need an updated list. It's important. And finally, our guest complainer this week is you, all of you. Twist. You lovely loyal listeners, you've been calling into the rant hotline, getting a lot of shit off of your chest, and we love each and every voicemail we receive. We pick some of our faves to share and discuss, so stick around to hear if you're on the pod. But before we get into all that, Barry, how is your quarantine week going? Well, Matt, I started tennis lessons because I saw a man who looked like he was instructing people in the game of tennis (laughs) when I was on a walk. And I was like, sir, are you instructing people on the game of tennis? And he was like, yes. And I was like, me? And he was like, sure, here's my number. He's He's an older gentleman from the Midwest. We hit it off right away. And I hit those balls off right away uh, oh. so well that he really complimented me and uh, was like really impressed. And he said, get this, he said that he was impressed with my hand-eye coordination. That has, no one's ever said that about me and no one ever will again. And so I am just absolutely soaking in that validation and that compliment and i think it's gonna get me through to the end of the year if not the end of my life i'm just in awe that you were able to just go up to a stranger and compliment and and be like and solicit a stranger yeah how how are you doing how is your week going great i got a microwave which is big (gasps) news for everybody who was worried about how i would feed myself including me (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Now you now you finally have a vehicle for all your lean cuisines. Exactly. I don't know. I, I mean, I was literally before the debate, um, which was I don't even we don't even we have don't, to talk about it. it. Nope. This is going That's to be a fine. place of joy. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, I'm absolutely going to have to get a little stone and eat pie because I yes, I made pie and we'll get into that. But I had to like preheat my oven and wait like 30 minutes. <laughs> For an individual slice of pie to, to go through the whole process of preheating, which wow. actually is probably better. The end result is probably better and crispier, but mm. I still had to wait far longer than just slapping that in the microwave. But yeah, when I moved in, there was a microwave. I, I think I said this. There- oh, yeah. No, you took us down this journey. Yeah. And then it just didn't work. So um, yeah. but they came in and they brought a new one. And then Mazel Tov, congratulations. I'm happy for you and your family and your stomach. Thank you. I'm so excited. I, I, I love all the buttons on microwaves and what they what each microwave says about its own priorities. 
Mm-hmm. I love when there's a popcorn one. Yeah, there's popcorn. There's like a potato Amazing. button, a pizza button. <laughs> there is specific instructions for melting butter and ice cream, wow. which I love. Amazing. Bringing a softening, I should say. Anyway, yeah. that was the, the highlight of my week. Officially, that is... <laughs> That is where we're at in 2020 in quarantine that a microwave was my highlight of the week. (laughs) Doing great. So on that note, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First. The Irish Supreme Court recently ruled that Subway's bread has too much sugar in it for it to legally be considered bread. Yes. (laughs) This is what laws are made for. I would like to actually go on the record and say by this very metric, I too cannot legally be considered bread. And I'm so sorry to disappoint everybody. Oh, my God. I know. I know all of my fans assumed I was bread this entire time. And I'm so sorry to say that I legally I can't you can't call me bread because I do contain too much sugar. Anyway, uh, I guess Ireland has what it calls a value added tax regulation and some staple foods like bread, which is you got all of your, your classic staple foods that you can get in the food aisle at Staples. Uh, A Subway franchise had uh, a legal claim that apparently went all the way to the Irish Supreme Court. (laughs) Why are we so fucked? Our Supreme Court is about to, like, take away rights. It's about to, like, I have months left before gays are no longer able to get married. Women are no longer able to have control over their own bodies. Our Supreme Court is probably going to decide this election. And the Irish Supreme Court is just like, this is what counts as bread. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? Some would argue that they're taking away some bread rights. And that's pretty fucked up, too. So, so where what serious issues over there? What country would you rather live in? One where bread doesn't have rights or where people doesn't have rights? <laughs> I don't know. It's a toss up. TV. It's a toss up. <laughs> um, to be fair, I, I've had Irish soda bread before, and that's not fucking bread either. Guess what? <laughs> the Irish, and I could say that because I kind of have red hair, and everybody assumes that I'm Irish. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of your Irish soda bread. It's disgusting. All you do is add a bunch of baking soda to your bread. There's no yeast in it even. That's that's what's not bread. Why don't you, you take it? You look in the mirror and you and you say, oh, I got my, my Blarney stone. Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, it was better than I expected. That when was I, like per, yeah, when yeah, I started that sentence. <laughs> Listen, I've seen every Irish movie there is. And by that, I mean Luck of the Irish on the Disney Channel. So I'm qualified. Fucking loved that film. Uh, Anyway, so there was a Subway franchise that had this legal claim that apparently went all the way to the Irish Supreme Court saying it shouldn't have to pay this value added tax. It's a very confusing name for a tax, actually, because it's like if you don't qualify for it, you don't have to pay it. So then you're not adding value. Okay, I'm not trying to go to school right now. Okay. <laughs> There's Professor just a double Bellinside. a double negative happening. Anyway, <laughs> um, the five judge court ruled that Subway bread cannot be considered a staple product and, and qualify for this tax exemption because according to the tax exemption, it, you cannot exceed 2% of the weight of flour in sugar. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do the math. So no. So basically, yeah. For for bread to be considered bread in Ireland, it can't contain more than 2% sugar. And Subway's bread contains 10% sugar. Damn. <laughs> Just a, a little that bit. That is off. significant. <laughs> I do love that it's like not <laughs> at all. Just a little bit. It is, it is fully like a tenth of it is sugar. I love that. It also reminds me of how Pringles are are not legally allowed to be called potato chips because there's not. I don't. Nobody's looking at. I mean, at least a Subway bread. You're looking at it and you're like, that's That's bread. bread. You look at a Pringle. You're like, no, no, no. This is a duck's lips. (laughs) And there's there's nothing about this. Uh, 
Although I will say that Pringles man, he's doing it for me with that mustache. That is a well-kept mustache. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so shout out to um, Subway. Next, a zoo in the UK has had to separate five parrots who keepers say were encouraging each other to swear. Yes. Fuck yes. I love a foul-mouthed parrot. That's... I also, it's like the most British parrot of all time. Why are you teaching them anything if not <laughs> how to say fuck ass pussy bitch? All the all the hit words. What is what is language for if not to swear? That's what I say. Amen. Yeah. Listen, if you have the power of speech, you should be allowed to say fuck openly and not be punished for it. And guess what? These five parrots were were put in jail. Not actually, because they're in a jail called Zoo. Uh, the five <laughs> parrots, Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie, left that. That's basically, yeah. you're you're halfway on your way to having a Sound of Music family. These are the Von Trapps. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, more like Von Trash Mouths. No, it was better that you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the five parrots joined um, this particular wildlife center's colony of 200 gray parrots in August. But then they soon found out that these particular birds had a penchant for foul language. Foul language. Do you get it? Oh, oh. Like foul. (laughs) I, I got it. According to the zoo's chief executive... We're quite used to parrot swearing, but we've never had to have five at the same time. Most parrots clam up outside, but for some reason, these five relish it. (laughs) They said, when a parrot tells you to fuck off, it amuses people very highly. Oh, God. It's brought a big smile to a really hard year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, so then why are they separating them? Because they want to spare the children. They had to be... Ugh, fuck the children. They were moved to different areas of the park so they don't set each other off, according to... <laughs> they're literally in timeout. Yeah, because they they just trigger one another. And to everybody... I, I, I never like the criticism that it's like, oh, you only swear because you don't have anything like better to say. It actually shows that you don't have a command of the, in the English language if, you, if you're swearing. And to you, I say, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> why don't you take a giant fucking pussy ass bitch rod and shove it up? I don't know. Apparently, the only word I know is pussy ass bitch. <laughs> uh. And finally, for the first time ever in history, a rat won a British charity's top civilian award for animal bravery. This is rat rights. I've sat here in this chair listening to rat slander for far too long. And it all started because of you, Barry. Because, okay, oh, well, you know what? Uh, let's, let me get on a local news because a rat crawled out of my sink. Yeah. And, and then everybody is shitting on New York and shitting all of the rats. Even though pre- at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, my new obsession is how the rats are about to take over. Yeah. The point is, rats can be heroes, too. I bet you didn't expect that with your rat bias. I've seen Ratatouille, okay? No, Obviously, you haven't. They can- yes, I have. <laughs> You lie. Did I sit next to you on the plane watching Ratatouille? No, you watched Frozen. Oh. For the first time, a rat won the British charity's top civilian award, receiving the honor for searching out unexploded landmines in Cambodia. Here's what I love. Imagine if this rat knew what they were making him do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure I would make a great searcher of landmine if I didn't know that my next step could blow me up. (laughs) What kind of hero? Don't give him a hero award because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. (laughs) So this particular group is known as the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals. (laughs) Just a random collection of words. Um, (laughs) Called the PDSA, they started as a free veterinary clinic in 1917 and has honored heroic animals since 1943. What front is this? You just know something nefarious is going on here. I don't trust it. (laughs) Um, This giant African pouched rat known as Magawa 
Well, How um, giant are we talking? I, I don't know, like a turkey. Oh my god! <laughs> That's, no, I don't know how big turkeys are. <laughs> They're fucking huge. <laughs> Once it's cooked down. <laughs> okay. Maybe like but a still, chicken. I think he's the size of like a. Is chicken. he like the size of putty? No. It can grow up to about three feet long. Oh. But that's that's the tail, and tails are long. Why does it say weight? Oh, no, you stupid idiot. It typically weighs between 1 and 1. 1.4 kilograms, or 2.2 2 and 3.1 pounds. The size of a chicken. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How long are chickens? Chickens, well, I mean, lengthwise, I don't know. But, like, chickens are, like, 5, 10 pounds. I don't know. Point is, it's a rat. It's not. It's not like the size of a possum. Well, it seemed that way in my nightmare. I this started off as me being pro rat, and now it's turning <laughs> around. Anyway, this rat. Um, he uh, uh apparently. So anyway, Magawa the the rat was given an award for life saving bravery and devotion after discovering thirty nine landmines and twenty eight items of unexploded ordnance. I don't really know the difference there. No. Magawa was trained by a Belgian organization that has taught rats to find landmines for more than 20 years. <laughs> okay, great. Good for them. But apparently Magawa has been the group's most successful rat, having cleared more than 141,000 square meters of land, which is the equivalent of 20 soccer fields. And I'll be honest with you, 141,000 square meters of land sounds like a lot more than 20 soccer fields. Every time I see a soccer field, though, like a picture of it or like a painting of it, there's it's always bigger. How many paintings of soccer fields all the time, you, all the time. Every there's the soccer field museum or the painting museum. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole wing, a whole exhibit I saw. Uh huh. And they're always so much bigger. I'm like, you're you're running all all across this for no, what? Thank you. I'd rather go search for mines. And on that note, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into pie. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, here's the thing. I have been making a lot of pie. Literally, in the last week, I've made four entire pies. Not, not a joke. And then I sat down and I ate all of them from start to finish, like Little Miss Muffet on her tuffet. Just kidding. One of them was literally the worst thing I've ever made in my life. Is, is that the one that I had? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> you assume that there was one worse than that? I mean, I hope not because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, mostly because I did leave it in the oven for a full two hours and um, there was egg in it. So which pr pretty much consider how fast a scrambled egg cooks. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then consider that I put that egg it custard pie into it's I'm making it sound it was an apple pecan uh, pie. Mm hmm. But it fully had turned into scrambled eggs by the time it came out. It, it was in there for a full two hours. It was so bad that it made me legitimately question whether I was actually getting worse at baking. <laughs> well, for me, it was one of the first things I've had that you've baked. And I was like, what if like, you're the only one who's been eating your food during quarantine? And what if you're actually terrible at baking? Right. That's but, what it made me think. Because yeah. like when you're the only one trying something, you can let it slide. Right. But when you're giving it to someone else, it's like suddenly all of the flaws come forth. Oh, and there were flaws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the flaws were mostly even though. Well, no, this one was particularly bad. But <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we still ate it. I ate the whole slice and right. then some. And then we followed it up later with even more ice cream. Well, yeah, obviously. I, my whole point is the phrase easiest pie is a fucking lie. Whoever came up with the phrase easiest pie, they're the same people who, who write like the estimated times at the top of recipes. Oh, oh, really? Fucking Julia Child? It's only going to take me 25 minutes to make this beef bourguignon? No, I'm not you. Okay, Julia? 
I wish I had her breasts, but I don't. The point is, making a pie actually takes like 17 fucking hours. And there's so many ways that it can actually go wrong. You can add too much liquid. You can melt the butter too early. You can tear it when you try to roll it out. Which means if you're putting all of this effort into it, it better taste amazing every single time. And sadly, we've lost our way as a society. Clearly, we've lost our sense of taste. I mean, like personally, I've made several pies and all of them have been delicious, (laughs) but sure. Short society for sure. Okay, I literally made a pie a day every day for <laughs> last week, but it's bound. The problem was okay, there was a one pie recipe that I had. It was an apple pecan pie, a bourbon apple pecan pie. And I made this recipe every day, three days in a row because I, I liked it so much the first day, but I didn't bake it long enough. So then I made it again and it was still sort of like liquidy inside. Anyway, all of the pies I made this week contained apple because it's motherfucking apple season. Uh, but some people rightfully called me out on the fact that I've been on the record as anti apple pie. That's true. I have. I've, I yeah, think on this very too. podcast. Not a huge fan. Of course, uh, my opinions reset at the end of every day. I'm sure <laughs> if you haven't realized this. And, and by the next morning, my opinions are hand selected based on whoever I'm choosing to be that day or whatever man I'm trying to impress. And that's on me. That's the mi- internalized misogyny inside of me. Because I am what? Say it with me. Psychologically dependent on other people for approval and therefore emotionally flexible to the point of not having an identity. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes, do I like apple pie now? Yeah, apparently. All of this being said, my tastes have evolved and it is time for an updated list of which pies are the worst. First! any fucking pie with rhubarb in it (gasps) i still don't even know who or or what miss rhubarb even is i mean i don't know but she's delicious oh we get it you were in stranger things get over you died in like episode one nobody cares about you anymore and your glasses and your hair also when i saw that show i realized she like barely has a role in it (laughs) I thought she was like one of the main characters based on how obsessed everyone was with her. No, yeah. She's barely in it. Barb from Stranger Things became like a, a, an icon, a, a queer icon. And it was all because she like wore high-waisted denim jeans <laughs> <laughs> for like five seconds. But rhubarb, I truly, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had rhubarb. It's supposed really? to just be like red celery. If you want to be celery so bad, go fuck the Jolly Green Giant and and be it. But you can't. A, a, a rhubarb is just celery that's embarrassed to speak in front of the class. And it should be. Look how fucking red you look, girl. That's that's what I have to say to rhubarb. These are all RuPaul's references that you don't get. <laughs> I just what is rhubarb? What does it taste like? Describe it to me. It's it's almost like a Sour Patch Kid. Ew! I in a celery in a celery dressing in a a celery outfit. But that's why it's so good. Like a strawberry rhubarb because strawberries are so sweet, and then you have this like kind of sourish rhubarb that gets sweeter as you bake it, and it's just a beautiful combination. You could have described it in a lot of different ways, but that was. That was definitely the word. A Sour Patch Kid in celery dressing. <laughs> I'm by dressing, I meant outfit. Like right. it looks like celery. You should work in marketing because that I mean. is, I'm salivating. My, my glands are so wet. Which brings me to my next one, which is sweet potato pie. Amen. Hard Why is sweet potato trying so hard to be like the other girls? Listen, I love a sweet potato, but baby, we already have pumpkin pie. We already have baked potatoes. We already have French fries. Sweet potatoes always trying to be someone else. Be yourself, mama. I have never spoken like this. I don't know (laughs) why. (laughs) We don't want you as a pie. And I do think the sweet potato pies have like more of a Southern tradition. Yeah. So I wasn't raised with with sweet potato pies. I feel like it does have a lot to do with like what you're raised on. 
Mm-hmm. But it's sweet potato, I feel like sweet potato pie is just the like less sweet version of pumpkin pie. Yeah, I think I just am offended when it's like you're like just because you throw a bunch of marshmallows on it, like doesn't mean that I don't know that you're supposed to be healthy for me. That's where like, we don't disagree. try to trick me, you know, because I love a sweet potato casserole. That is, I think, the proper showcase of a of sweet potato. I want you gang banged by brown sugar <laughs> and then put in a dish and covered in toasted marshmallows. Next. I touched on this already, but pecan pie. First of all, I don't like any any word that makes me question whether I'm saying it right every single time. I something happened in my brain. Some neurons started misfiring because at some point I lost the ability to correctly pronounce the word pecan. I think I'm saying it right right now. It's either that or pecan. Pecan? Pecan, pecan. I think it's pecan. either pecan or pecan. Pecan, not pecan. There's no, no, no. none of that. I feel like it's either people either say pecan or pecan. But uh-huh. I have lost that ability and so I'll say pecan. <laughs> And I feel like that is definitely not right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Pecan. You know what I pecan't stand? <laughs> this fucking word. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I still don't really know how pecan pie even works. What is it? Is it a solid? Is it a liquid? Is it both? It seems like it should solidify into liquid, but I learned the hard way that if you cook it too long, it just turns into scrambled egg or it just disappears. <laughs> I I don't think we properly described what happened. when. I, so I made it the bourbon apple pecan pie. We sliced into it. <laughs> the bottom crust had vanished. It was just gone. It, <laughs> Somehow had completely <laughs> melted into the bottom of the pie. Essentially had to use a ladle to scoop out the pie. What was the mushy center because it had been so overcooked? Here's a quick question. How long do you wait after baking before cutting into the pie? Depends on what the recipe says. Most pies you should wait like four hours or longer. Yeah, well, I'm hungry now. Okay, well, that's a lot of times that's where the solidifying happens. It's wiggly in the stove and then you pull it out and you let it solidify out of the oven. You know what I don't have? Time. And we're all marching slowly towards death. I'm not waiting just to slice into a blueberry pie just so I can have a perfect slice, even though that's all I've wanted. <laughs> I, I'm i just sick of the lies that mm-hmm. if... <laughs> It is true that I was like, you know what? Instead of waiting four hours, I'm just going to bake this for two hours (laughs) and hope that it's solid enough. Not how it works. (laughs) Okay. uh, If you're telling me that I need to make that pie for a fourth time, then I will. (laughs) absolutely not. Abandon that fucking (laughs) recipe. The the problem was I made made a different crust recipe. But if the the flavor of the inside was still not right, I still think that that recipe was just off. I just think a pecan, it's a squirrel food that should be used to enhance other dishes. I just, she's a character actress. She's not a star. What else? Minced meat pie? I don't care how many rave reviews Mrs. Lovett gets. I'm not eating a goddamn minced meat pie. Also, minced meat pies, you don't need the British people like minced meat to British people is not even meat. What? It's like I I think it was only until recently that they had actually like put meat in it when the barber shops started growing. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's like it's almost like a fruitcake filling. It's like a whole bunch of dried fruits cut up and like soaked in liqueurs and stuff. And like, Ugh. that's what they call mincemeat. God, that's such a sad idea of a dessert. Yeah. I know like if you're listening and you're British, I know that you were brainwashed from a young age into enjoying fruit cake and minced meat as the flavors of the holidays. But I need you to know it's okay for, to come out. And recognize that your your food sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one of my first ever episodes of Great British Bake Off with you. 
And the whole there was not a single thing that they made that I wanted to eat. And I fucking love dessert. Yeah, they do. They do make a lot of questionable stuff. I will say also that that show, the the more time that goes on, I think the earlier seasons, they had a lot of more like traditional stuff. And then the more time that went on, it was more like, let's try to make the challenges crazier. So stuff gets like more artificial. Mm. Yeah. And finally, this is an invention that I feel like I've seen on TV shows and in books, but I've never actually witnessed in person. Tomato pie. It's that is just offensive to pie. If I wanted a mouthful of ketchup, I'd go down on Ronald McDonald (laughs) and I would suck that juicy clown dick. Is it... (laughs) I just want to. I just want to ignore everything you just said. Is a tomato pie not just like a quiche? Uh, yeah, I guess so. There was one guy on the Great British Bake Off who made a tomato tart, and it was like a sweetened. He used no. a tomato jam in Pick it. Pick a lane. Yeah. To be oh. fair, uh, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he got eliminated that week. Good. Fuck him. But I do think yeah, there have been. I don't. I just don't like a savory. Pot, call it something else. Okay, yeah. that's our word. You can't use it. Sorry, tomato. I really, until recently, didn't really like tomato all that much. I don't, but I force myself to eat it. However, I do love Bloody Marys. No, that's where yes. I, I don't know how we diverge so much for, for the same food. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, Bloody Marys are disgusting. <laughs> so good. Just fuck off. Okay, now I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to end on a positive note, but now I'm sad. Was the positive note you going down on Ronald McDonald? Yes. <laughs> because that's just one more clown whose dick I've had in my mouth. And on that note, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we're featuring a bunch of you as our guest complainers right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. All right, it's time for another edition of Unhappy Hour Rant Hotline, where Barry and I comb through the many beautiful rants you've all sent us and share just a few of them with you. So let's do this. You've reached the voicemail box of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate. So why don't you leave us your rant after the beep? By leaving a message, you are consenting to have your name and message potentially incorporated into our podcast for distribution. All right, let's vent. Hey, this is Molly from Chicago. Um, one thing I hate that everyone else, specifically kids, love is fucking ice cream trucks. <laughs> you hear this? <laughs> it is so loud. It is so distracting. And I just want to have some peace and quiet. And these little motherfuckers have to have their frozen dairy right now. I'm so mad. Bye. <laughs> uh, Molly. I, uh, when it first started, I was like, wait, what is, is there an ambulance in the background? No. <laughs> Ice cream truck. <laughs> that sound. And it just got louder and louder. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no, who is that music for? <laughs> I would rather an ambulance siren. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite videos on the internet is um, a, a ice cream truck going, driving past. And then like a beat later, it's just all of these kids running, <laughs> running after it. And that, cause the ice cream truck was like refusing to stop for all of them. <laughs> There's nothing good that comes out of ice cream trucks. The memory of ice cream trucks are solely triggering to me. Also, once you get to the ice cream truck, the ice cream's never good. 
we just did a whole deep dive about this. Yeah, that is the thing is there is nothing that has come from an ice cream truck that has ever been satisfying. No. I do appreciate the timing that that unless the music was just constant in Molly's neighborhood, <laughs> that she was like, I'm going to wait until I hear the ice cream truck. Then I will call the rant hotline just to capture this. See, I hope that she would just was getting really angry about it and was like, what do I do with this frustration? <laughs> I'm going to call the fucking rant hotline because that's exactly what we want. That's why it's there. Exactly. You know? So thank you, Molly. Thank you. All right. Next rant. This one's this one's a ride. OK, oh, uh, buckle up. Hi, Matt, Mary and others. Um, Ooh, long time listener else? Jackson here. Uh, I have about three things that come to mind that I hate that everybody else loves. I feel like the first of which is chai. I hate chai. <gasps> I've never loved chai. Wow. People who love chai can get fucked. <gasps> That's um, you, Matt. I hate uh, kissing. I think that what? kissing in Mexico <laughs> is disgusting. I hate kissing. I don't understand people who are kissing people. <laughs> and I can't remember the third thing that I hate that everybody else loves. Oh, I remember the third thing that I hate that everybody else loves. Sunglasses. <laughs> Fuck sunglasses. You'll be okay. Like, don't look <laughs> at the light like Trump did during the eclipse <laughs> or whatever. But without sunglasses, you'll be perfectly fine. Nobody's ever wrecked their car because of a little sun. Is that is that fact? I'm not sure. I don't like having my lens tinted. Like I don't I don't like having my view distorted. I want to be able to see things. I don't I don't like sunglasses. I don't know what they offer. I hate sunglasses. I hate chai. <laughs> and I hate kissing. If somebody with chai breath was wearing sunglasses and tried to kiss me, I don't care if they're the most handsome person in the world or prettiest person in the world, I would fucking awesome. <laughs> thanks love you <laughs> uh, oh my god what a ride i will say a lot of people answer this question and they they pick things that other people it's like yeah everybody hates that but jackson got three for three <laughs> <laughs> on things that uh, people genuinely like and enjoy <laughs> Let's let's walk through it. All right, Chai. Um, this was one of your chasers recently. So I like, know. How are you feeling? This feels particularly pointed. This wasn't just what are people like that you that you love to hate. No, this was what is Matt like, and let's shit on <laughs> this in particular. Yeah, I love a good chai latte. I it's just it's a good flavor, Jackson. And you're wrong. What about kissing? It is gross i mean it, it like, is gross conceptually it is gross it's one of my least favorite parts of intimacy <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's there's no there's no like parts of intimacy that aren't disgusting at their base level disgusting <laughs> true true <laughs> so so yeah sunglasses and sunglasses uh, uh yeah, I'm. I'm worried about your corneas. I feel like he's got stronger corneas than anyone I know. I. This is this is a different complaint, but going through dating apps right now is such a different experience than non-pandemic times because everyone mm -hmm. is weird. A grinder is like half the people aren't showing their faces anyway or anything about their necks. But like, if you're on Tinder, you we have to see your fucking face. If you have multiple pictures with sunglasses on, then I'm like, okay, what are you hiding? Ugly eyes. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, you're, you're <laughs> there. I see you. To the extent that sunglasses are just a way for people to hide their Steve Buscemi eyes, I agree with Jackson. Otherwise, I'm a fan of sunglasses. So unfortunately, you have zero out of three. But I'm a fan of Jackson's accent. Next! I am so glad that you guys made this a thing because I wanted to get this off my chest for a long time. I do not like everything bagel because <gasps> there's no point in it being called an everything bagel. It is an onion bagel. The only Fancy. thing that you actually taste on the bagel is onion. <laughs> if you buy a variety pack of bagels at like a really nice bagel place and they put an everything bagel in the bag, all of your bagels are now onion bagels. Not everything bagels, onion bagels. End of rant. 
Wrong. Yes. Wrong. Yes. <laughs> no. Hard agree. Hard disagree. They're like the only bagel that I eat. I'm Jewish. I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. So actually, my opinion here is legally binding. In fact, <laughs> um, this is the the bagel of my people. I don't know historically where everything bagels come into play, but I love them. They're delicious. I know, like, yeah, people will buy, there's, like, you can get everything bagel, everything bagel seasoning to, like, yeah. put on other stuff. I don't do that. But, yeah, I'm just always, I always, uh, I also have have been on the record saying that, like, I, I find the flavor of onion often too dominating. That, right, and you're I, very uh, white. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other white person who's like, it's too oniony. I think this is really just a me problem. All right, next rant. Hi, Matt, Barry, and Putty. This is Julia from Washington. Boo, and I heard a rant about people that say they hate Nickelback. Because even if you say that you hate Nickelback, I think we all know that we're in denial. Because <laughs> everyone has at least one Nickelback song that they really can just jam out to. And I feel like all of the people that say they hate Nickelback so much are secretly Nickelback's biggest fans. So okay. this is my rant. I'm getting really worked <laughs> up about this because it drives me crazy when people say, oh my gosh, I hate Nickelback so much because secretly they all love it. Thank you for letting me rant. Maybe this will get featured in the podcast. Goodbye. Wow. I can't believe someone who's in Nickelback called into our hotline. <laughs> That's that's the only explanation. <laughs> I I would agree that I think it's become more of a cliche to say that you hate Nickelback than yeah. actually hating Nickelback. Yeah. Like like hundreds of thousands of people still go and see them in concert. Well, yeah. I mean that is a separate <laughs> issue. <laughs> it is true, but I'm like I don't know why I should hate them, but I I know I should. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I've been told I've been conditioned to. <laughs> I can't say that I really know that many Nickelback songs. Photograph. I know the photograph. <laughs> mostly because the memes. <laughs> right. Look at this graph. <laughs> and there's there's one other that's like a really big one. What's like the biggest Nickelback song? It's it's pretty well known. This is how you remind me of Yeah, I mean, that song's fire. <laughs> Did we all just get Nickelback, like, downloaded into our psyches before? <laughs> Why do I know that? I don't know. because. But it's true. It's that just, like, woke something inside of me. <laughs> um, and thank you for shouting out, Putty. Well. That's the re- reason we featured you. <laughs> 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 now you just gave the secret away. And finally, uh, w- one last one for today. Hi, Matt and Barry. Uh, one thing I hate that everyone else loves is greeting cards, uh, specifically birthday cards, but I suppose any other greeting card fits into this category. Even more specifically, those canned Hallmark cards. <laughs> so first of all, I have to sit there and pretend to read it and be touched by the message that you didn't write. And it probably sounds <laughs> like, oh, thank you. And then in the aftermath, how long am I supposed to hang on to this? What's, what's the statute of limitations on mm-hmm. birthday cards? Yes. Do, I, do, I, do I throw them out tomorrow? Do I keep them till next year? Don't even get me started on the assholes who put glitter and spangles uh, in the cards so that when you open it up, they all fall out. That is some psychopath shit. <laughs> the next person to send me one of those gets straight up blacklisted. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Love the show. Oh, my goodness. Yes, this is such a good one. I hate greeting cards. I hate getting them. I hate receiving them. I hate getting them. I hate giving them. Like, if you feel compelled, at least get a blank one on the inside, I mean. Yeah. No, just blank inside and outside. <laughs> just to fold a piece of paper. Yeah. I. Yeah. I like 
I feel like my mom would always send me to the grocery store to pick out the cards. There are too many. That's probably that's like probably one of the root traumas of decision making for me. <laughs> of standing in front of that aisle and just being like, I, 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 I don't know. And then you're there for hours. I just always thought it was funny that it was like uh, even another layer removed from my mom being the one to like convey the message that's supposed to be conveyed by a card. It was like, you didn't write the message that's inside of it. Also, you didn't even pick it out. Your son did. <laughs> but yeah, I always, I, I feel like there is though, there are those people like my mother who is like, who takes the message inside of the part, uh, who takes the message inside of the card with such, like personal <laughs> like my my mom will interpret like if you didn't put thought into a into the card selection that is noted <laughs> and this isn't really greeting cards but it is greeting card adjacent which is fuck thank you cards <laughs> i don't it is it is a part of our society that we just need to eradicate like you say thank you in person maybe follow up with a text or, or uh, you know, if you're using the gift in the moment, maybe you call the person when that happens. But it's you're you're giving a gift. You should not be asking for something in return. And the something in this case is a thank you card, and I refuse. I did literally just buy thank you cards today. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pressure during my daily run to Target, which is the <laughs> only thing bringing me joy. Um, yeah, mostly because th so this is on me and this is less about greeting cards and more about me being a shitty person. So I, I just want to preface this with with that. But like my birthday was almost two months ago. Oh, it was two months ago. And like pe some people sent me cards in my family and I always just like forget to send thank yous. Even oh, a text. I'm never. It's just like, I don't know. You sent this card like days ago. It's in the mail. And so I always forget. And then my mom will text me like weeks later or like days later being like, you need to thank people. And then I'm like, you, you just ruined it by yeah. asking me to do it. It's, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's a chore. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like that part of my brain. That's like, I refuse to do what I'm told. Then that kicks in and becomes the predominant force. So now I'm like, so much time has passed. <laughs> The only acceptable format is for me to actually like sit down and write a card <laughs> <laughs> that is like, I'm sorry, it took me two months to thank you for my birthday card. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, uh, this all could have been avoided if we had just not gotten cards in the first place. Agreed. Agreed. I don't want your greetings. So, yeah, I do agree. I also think it's absurd that a greeting card costs like $8. <laughs> uh, when I was little, I collected my birthday cards and I just like put them in a drawer. I think it's like the first thing that I hoarded. <laughs> um, but you know what? Then they all got lost in a flood. The, our basement flooded and they all got destroyed and it didn't really mean anything. So just slow down on the greeting cards. Yeah. I also sent... Uh, someone a, a card and it was not received very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, too soon. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who I have a little bit of a crush on who I sent a card in the mail and I feel like it did not get the reception that it deserved, frankly. So I know I just said that I do, uh, <laughs> that I uh, don't give greeting cards the 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 credit that they probably deserve when they're sent to me. But still, I would have liked a better acknowledgement of my erotic card that I was sent through the mail. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was probably a bit much, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. <laughs> Anyway, you're all incredible. Thank you for calling in with your complaints and trash opinions. Truly, nothing brings us together like good complaining, as always. If you want to follow in the footsteps of the brilliant, gorgeous complainers today, you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. Can't wait to hear even more.
All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what do we have today? So I feel like uh, leading up to the election, we'll probably have a lot of election-focused ones. Uh, we A couple weeks ago, we talked about Vote Forward, and we have another action this week, uh, and it is about phone banking, Ooh. which is a thing that a lot of people talk about, but I have not done before. And so I'm doing it with two different organizations. I want to talk about one of them this week, and that is Knock for Democracy. On Instagram, it's Knock, the number four, Democracy. Is completely volunteer led. They train you on how to phone bank and then you do it all together on Zoom so that it makes it feel more connected to other people when you're doing it. Um, so I'm doing one over the weekend, which is phone banking for Joe Biden and two Democrats who are running for Senate in Georgia. Uh, and it's not just about like the people who are campaigning. It's also about just trying to get people to vote and making sure they're registered and making sure they have their voting plan. Um, and so, yeah, the information for Knock for Democracy is going to be in our show notes. And I also just want to say I don't love calling people on the phone, even though that's literally <laughs> part of my job as a journalist. Um but it's really important to do it, and it's I'm getting over the fear of it because guess what? There's a lot of uh, scarier shit out there if Trump is our president for the next four years or for a lifetime because he probably won't leave office. <laughs> uh, yeah, amongst the many horrifying things he said during that debate, just the the like refusal to say that he would accept the result of the election is so upset <laughs> like it's generally like that to me is the most fearful thing that he said yeah that is why truly as much as you might not love joe biden as the option it's like well you either vote for the continuation of democracy or not <laughs> we're all or we all die <laughs> so uh, phone banking is something you can do Yes. <laughs> Gastrophone banking. Uh, let's get into the TV we've been watching this week, Barry. What have you been watching? Um, I am continuing to watch Lovecraft Country, not just because it's part of my job, but because it's so fucking good. So I've been watching that. And then Fargo is back, which makes me so happy because I love that show a lot. And uh, Jason Schwartzman's in it this year. And I just love that man so much. Um, and so was Andrew Bird, who... <laughs> was a musician he's a musician from Chicago and I was like obsessed with him it was like my first concert that I went to without like family was my freshman year of high school my friends and I went to see Andrew Bird I've like written him letters <laughs> like I, oh my I was like really obsessed with him <laughs> when I was in high school and I still love his music um he's not an actor and he is or he wasn't an actor and now I guess he is and he's in Fargo so that's wild um so was Chris Rock it's a crazy cast this year. Um, it's coming out weekly. So the first episode came out this week and I'm loving it already. So that's what I'm watching. What about you? I've been watching a couple of things. Well, m m daily I've been rewatching Seinfeld. I, I don't know why that's it just so it, good. I feel like <laughs> we talked about it and then it popped up and then I was like, OK, I guess this is just what's on in the background. Yeah, now. We talked about it when we went out for dinner and you asked if I watched <laughs> Seinfeld and I was like, do you know what my dog's name is? He's it's like a Puddy. minor character. Okay, exactly. So yeah, I watch Seinfeld. I named my dog after a minor character. Well, I wouldn't know that. Okay. So that has been kind of the daily thing. But I've also been watching um, The Vow on HBO. Have you oh, seen yeah. any of it? No, I know what it's about, though. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, my my viewing besides Seinfeld has been like very um, depressing. <laughs> so so <laughs> The Vow is the HBO documentary series about Nexium, which was the like sex cult <laughs> it's so absurd to watch a documentary about a cult and it's like from 2018 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is like so upsetting it, yeah i i love a good cult documentary especially the first episode when i'm like yep i would have joined i absolutely <laughs> would have been in this <laughs> um 
but yeah, so I, I am enjoying that is a weird word, but um, I'm watching that. And then The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which is also just like watch if you want to hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's about like social media and how addictive it is and how basically like, you know, nothing. it's nothing particularly new about like social media and phones, but the concept of them being designed to be addictive like everything from the order that stuff is shown to you in when your notifications pop up, like all of those things have been carefully designed to to make you more and more addicted to your to your phone. Mm-hmm. The one weird thing about it is it's like also there's acted out bits like there's Ugh, a, I don't like that in documentaries. It's a weird. Yeah, it's like weird. They create like a, a little story with these actors that are kind of like playing out the themes. And it's just like, ah, what what is this for? They're not even hot. <laughs> <laughs> there's the problem. <laughs> So yeah, those are the two sad things that I'm watching and then Seinfeld in between. What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser. And we're not sponsored by McConnell's, but also <laughs> McConnell's. If you're listening, please give us money. We, please give us money. Like we we talk about you constantly, both or on just air, send off us air ice to our cream. friends. Send us ice cream. I have four pints of McConnell's ice cream in my freezer right now. But the <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up is because we tried their pumpkin pie ice cream. Holy mother of God. Mm-hmm. That shit is so good. And I don't normally even like pumpkin pie flavored things because it's just it tastes so fake. But they really just like captured the essence and like the spices of pumpkin pie. And it's so creamy. And it just oh, my God. It just I also had like. I don't want to get into it on the pod, but like um, an absurdly terrible <laughs> past two weeks. Um, and my friends, mostly Matt, have been extremely supportive and kind through it all. And like that's been really great. And one of the like lowest days, the highest point was like eating pumpkin pie ice cream uh, <laughs> with you, Matt. And so I, yeah. that truly brought me so much joy and has continued to bring me joy because goddamn that ice cream is so good. And their McConnell's, we had the McConnell's sea salt cream and cookies. Mm. Oh my God. (laughs) It's just insane what they're doing. I like (laughs) want to work for McConnell's. (laughs) There was a point in my uh, college career where I was going to work at this amazing ice cream shop in Bloomington called Hartzell's. They make all their ice cream there and they have really great flavors. And I was like, I was talking to them about working for them and I wanted to like become an apprentice. And I'm like, maybe I should do that. (laughs) Sorry, Pineapple. I'm totally staying. I'm totally going to keep making podcasts. But also like, what if I went and like made ice cream at McConnell's? (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm totally fine. How are you? Um, (laughs) What's your chaser this week? My chaser. It is also something I've been watching, but it's a YouTube series. And it is uh, featuring Sola El Whaley, a former guest complainer. She has a, a new YouTube series, which I'm so happy to see. Yeah. I feel like we touched on it a little bit when she was on the show, but like, Bon Appetit video, which I used to be such a fan of, um, it just really fucked over the people who worked for them, which I shouldn't be surprised by as someone who also dealt with a big company not paying people for making videos. But they really fucked over people, especially the people of color who worked for Bon Appetit video, as in didn't pay them at all for appearing in videos. Um, And Sola was always the one who like knew the most shit about everything and would always come to the rescue for everybody else. So um, there's a guy who has a YouTube channel uh, called Binging with Babish. Oh, I've, I've watched some of that. Yeah. He's like a big um, food guy on YouTube. And usually his channel is him making foods from movies and TV shows and now he's like expanding to um, he's calling it the like babish culinary universe or something. So Sola is going to have a show like on his channel and it's called Stump oh. Sola. And the point is like she knows so much about cooking <laughs> and is like so skilled that 
each episode, he's going to like give her some crazy challenge and she has to uh, attempt to do it. So they've already done. She had to make uh, macaroni and cheese as they would in the 18th century. <laughs> she literally like has a like dangling pot over a like open fire <laughs> and is making with like no modern tools. It's actually amazing to see. And then she makes like a full seven course meal from only like junk food bought at a bodega. Wow. It's just like, yeah, she knows what she's freaking doing. <laughs> amazing. So yeah, highly suggest that. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to this week's Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellasai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellasai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye. Look at this phonograph. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best impression. Beautiful. My Bologna has a first name. It's D I C K E.